You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Chicago White Sox social media right after the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, put out a post, like a big picture, like a collage of players, Ed, celebrating the fact that baseball was now back. We got pitchers and catchers reporting. Scott Merkin from MLB.com going to be on this episode. We're going to get in depth with him as we get ready to kick off uh, the the preseason, if you will, the spring training, the, the, the point in time where we're going to find out exactly what we got. Everybody's going to be in the best shape of their life. It's going to be exciting as we try to figure out whether or not this team can win enough games to not lose a hundred of them. And, and where's the hope at? And what are we going to do? And will anybody else be added? But the White Sox put out this collage of White Sox players celebrating the return of White Sox baseball. And I found the players in the collage to be telling. Because you know this and I know this and I think anybody else that's ever worked in media knows this. The PR department went to the general manager, Chris Getz, and said... Who's going to be on this team opening day? Who are we sure is a member of this team? Yeah, are, are there any are there any guarantees here? Right. Yeah, because you don't want to put a guy in your in your marketing that isn't going to make it through spring training, or isn't going to be a big part of the team, or isn't going to be somebody that people are going to be excited to see. Right. So I found first of all really interesting. There was only one pitcher, and it was Michael Kopech. Which, I, yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. Of all the pitchers, you, you picked Kopech to, to be on there. No, I, it made sense to me because you don't know what's going to happen with Dylan Cease. He could be traded tomorrow. Like, all of a sudden, the Orioles could, could get their act together. All of a sudden, somebody else could say, that's it. The Yankees could finally give up one of those outfielders. Like, something something could happen, so you don't want to put him. No, well, uh, okay, yeah, but but Kopech as a, as a poster boy for the White Sox pitching staff is just an interesting one. I, I guess it's... He's probably the only one they have in uniform. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He's the only guy that they have in a White Sox uniform that they're sure is going to make the 26-man roster. And he's got an opportunity to be a starter. Although, if you pay close attention, Chris Getz has told us that eight different guys are going to be starters this year. And there's only going to be five. He just keeps saying like names. Like, yeah, can Garrett Crochet be a starter? Of course we think he could be a starter. What's yeah. he going to say? He's not going to be a starter? Like, I mean, like, this is like get in the spring training and prove it. Like, when you're a new boss, Ed, when you're a new boss, you walk into a place, you got people that have been there longer than you, you got employees that may have been overlooked, you got people that believe they have been put in one spot when they think they're capable of doing something else. If you're a new boss, you tell everybody, I believe in you, show me what you got. That's what you do, right? And all Chris Getz is doing is saying, Garrett Crochet, show me what you got. Doesn't mean he's going to be in the rotation. Doesn't mean Michael Kopech is going to be in the rotation. He talked about how Michael Kopech looked good in the bullpen. And it's like, but, you know, he's doing some good things. Let's see what he's got. That's what you're supposed to do if you're really evaluating talent. The, the reason why Kopech makes sense is if he doesn't make the rotation, he could be the closer or at least he's going to be a very high leverage guy coming out of the pen. No matter what happens. Michael Kopech's either a starter or he's such a good bullpen piece that you would put him in that graphic over pretty much every other arm that because everybody else has a question mark or you don't have a picture of Eric Fetty in a White Sox uniform. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think that makes the most sense because I'm thinking about it. even Garrett Crochet. 
there's no guarantees that he makes the opening day roster because they may send him down. If, he, if they're serious about him being a starter, they may send him down to learn how to be a starter in the minors where the stakes are a lot lower than trying to do it at the major league level. Right, but they're going to tell him in spring training, go for it, big guy, win the job. Well, of course they are. Right. And, and, and if he does win the job, if he's one of the best five starting pitchers that they have, they'll put up with him only going four or five innings you know, and, and having some shorter outings because it's going to be part of the process. And hopefully by the time August rolls around, Garrett Crochet has enough stamina and enough stretched out to be able to go, you know, more five or six innings, which is what you need him to do. But I, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I could pick Eric Fetty out of a lineup. If you just stacked five guys in Washington nationals uniforms next to each other. Okay. I'm not even sure I know what Garrett Crochet looks like from memory, but I do know, I do know what Michael Kopech looks like because we've seen him front and center for so many years. Right. right. It makes sense. You have to have a pitcher, right? And then the guy who's like the big face, the largest image on the graphic dead center it looks it's like those star wars posters right where you know you have like the the main characters that are going to be in that star wars who's vader who's luke right he's the big guy he's the main guy is luis robert jr he's the main guy dead center and as he should be right and the only pitcher is michael kopech aloy jimenez is in there swinging a bat because that's all aloy jimenez does Yes. And and you can't get rid of him because there was no market for him. So you have to have Aloya Menas in there. Andrew Benetini's in there because he is the most expensive contract that you've ever handed out because your owner is cheap at five years and $75 million. And he's still got four more years left. So they know he's playing. So he's in there as well. Andrew Benetendi's going to be there. Now, is this is this the pasta bulked up Andrew Benintendi? Is this is this meatball Benintendi or is this still uh uh, you know, skinny Ben Benintendi from last year. No, it's it's I don't know. It's it, it's got to be a picture of him from last year. Yeah, he's doing something. He's doing something weird. He's smiling. He's got both hands in a fist motion, and like he's driving a car, but he's not actually driving a car. So I'm not exactly sure where they took the shot from. But he's there doing something. And then they have Andrew Vaughn receiving a throw over at first base, and those are the guys they're sure are going to be on the team. And I think that's very telling. I also find it very funny that a guy that you're paying $25 million to this year and Yohan Mankata is not the graphic. I love that. Well, yeah. You, you, you know what they told him? They told him that he would provide the soundtrack to that picture. They just didn't tell him that there was going to be no sound. <laughs> I mean, like, like, here's the thing. Like, that, that is... That's that's telling me not because they're planning on moving you on Mankata. Nobody nobody wants him at that money, right? But, no, but that, they, they, he, they don't want to sell him around him. Yeah, but nobody, everybody would just be annoyed seeing him on, in the picture. Everybody yeah. would be annoyed looking at an overpaid, underperforming guy in the picture. So they're, they're not. Well, they're not he is. He is. He's the new Larry Garcia, isn't he? Right. Yes, he's he the guy. He's the guy whose contract could complain about because he's not living up to it. And you know that will probably fall to Andrew Benintendi at some point in the near future. And uh, yeah, but the other guys really that, that this team is now built around, you know, the guys that are, are kind of forming Chris Getz's new core, you know, you, you can't really put Nicky Lopez and Paul DeYoung on a poster at this point. They're, they're, they're guys that are not even guaranteed to have their jobs, but they're guys that Getz is counting on to hold the fort until they find somebody better. Dominic Fletcher, we don't know. I don't know what Dominic Fletcher looks like. I'm sorry. So putting him <laughs> yeah, on again, there, I, there. There's no picture of him in right, a White Sox uh, uniform, and none of the guys that they brought in are big enough names that you'd no. be like, we got so-and-so on our team. Come out and buy tickets, right? Yeah, because you could, you could do that if it's a bigger name, right? You could show him in the, in, the, in the old uni, okay, and sit there and say, look, we got this guy, right? Like if they had, you know, 
Honestly, if they traded for Juan Soto in the offseason, he'd be, he'd be on there. A, he'd be on there in a Padres uniform if they had to put him on. Right. There. He'd be okay. On. Or he or he, it'd be such an extreme close up of his face that all you get is like the visor of his batting helmet. Right. Or something but they like they that. would find a way to work him in there. So I, I here's the thing. I find that it's such a telling photo because one, there is no addition to your team that's worth putting on there outside of because the, they don't have a White Sox jersey on. So you don't have a big signing. Right. And you've got guys that aren't in the graphic. And the, every single person in the graphic is somebody that you're sure is going to make the team in some regard. And you needed to have somebody throwing a baseball. Like, if you had no pitchers in there, it would have looked weird. So you had to have a pitcher. And they're like, well, which pitcher are we going to use? Well, Kopech is the one guy we know is going to be playing somewhere. Uh, he's going to be somewhere. Every one of those posters across the major leagues, even for minor league teams that are putting something like this out, there's one guy fielding a ball, right? There's one guy throwing a ball. There's one guy swinging a bat. And then there's somebody you know, one or two guys mugging or showing that they're fun, laughing. There's right? a guy laughing. Yeah. Andrew Benintendi, Andrew Benintendi is he's, he's in fun mode in that one, right? <laughs> Luis Robert is, in, you know, he's, he's in celebration, fun, serious Luis Robert jr. Mode, whatever, whatever he, whatever mode that man's in these days. But the, but the reason I bring this up, the reason I bring this up as uh, you're listening to Saks in the basement brought to you proudly by Cork and Carey at the park, 33rd in Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark. And one of two locations you can go into right now, and courtesy of Cork and Carey and Kona Beer, uh, you can register for free. No purchase necessary to get a trip to Hawaii. Drawings on March 15th. And while they're doing this, you can also get a Kona Beer, $5 on draft, and enjoy the award-winning burgers at 33rd and Princeton at Cork and Carey at the park, your home for White Sox pregame, postgame, and in-game viewing. And then you can also register at the original location at 106th and Western, the original Cork and Carey. But the reason I bring this up is because that shows you how many guys are question marks. And I find this spring to be so intriguing to me because of the non-roster invitees, because of the guys that are coming up from the minor leagues getting a look that are on the 40-man, and because of the guys that, if you go to, say, fan graphs and look at the depth chart, that are on the current depth chart that may not make the team. And there are so many storylines of this. Again, this is why Merck's going to be on here in a few moments because he's been covering this team for decades and he's down there in spring training, and who else would I rather hear from at spring training than Scott Merkin because he, he's got his finger right there on the pulse. But when I look at this, I, I see a roster that I have to look I have to look at this roster through the eyes of this is what Chris Getz is able to do with an owner so cheap that he reduced payroll, and, and he had to go out and do something. Like, I blame the low payroll on the owner, an owner who like just and, and I'm not falling for the thing that I fell for the last time this team went low payroll. Oh, the money will be spent. Yeah, because that's not happening. Okay, because when you when you saved fifty million dollars a year or more by not spending it, you didn't all of a sudden increase your payroll to something absurd and go out and sign Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. You didn't do that, so the money really wasn't spent. You just brought it up to what it should have been, but you didn't like take that extra money you didn't spend in those previous years and do like a big splash signing. So the money really wasn't spent in my mind that it was just a bunch of bull. No, no, because if the money if the money was going to be spent, like right now there's an opportunity. Jordan Montgomery sitting there right. playing chicken with a bunch of different Go teams. Go sign Jordan Montgomery to a multi-year deal. Go sign Jordan deal. Montgomery and, and make sure that you got a person in your rotation for See, the next four years. You're, you're right with me on that one. Like, why not swoop in at this point and sign a Jordan Montgomery to a multi-year deal at the age that he's at right now? Because you're going to compete in 25 and 26, and you want if you really are going to do it, why not sweep in right now and do it? You've got all kinds of payroll, you know, unless you really just don't believe in the guy. You know, if you really believe that you're going to be able to pick 
from better pitchers next offseason, which they may believe. I mean, think about this. This is what Getz did, which I can't argue with. Knowing, and we've heard the comments already early on from, from down in Arizona, knowing his payroll is going to get cut, knowing there's only so much you could do in the first year, knowing that pitchers around the league looked at the White Sox as a team that plays such bad defense, it would be detrimental for them to sign as free agents there. He improved the defense. Eric Fetty had multiple suitors. And, and I know he's coming from the KBO, but we heard Scott White on this show talk about how, how different he is now. Well, a guy like that getting his second chance in MLB isn't coming to the White Sox if he thinks they have bad defense. No, he had a 70% ground ball rate last year in the KBO. That's a guy that's pitching to contact who needs an infield. He needs a really good infield to succeed. The way that, that you know, it, well, frankly, the way that White Sox fans grimaced every time Aaron Bummer came in, and partially it's because you knew that he was going to give up a cheap ground ball that Anderson was either going to boot or not get to, and the black hole of second base was never going to field. And, you know, it, it, the defense improving helps a guy like Eric Fetty sit there and go, I am for real. Why do you think he only signed a two-year deal at a relatively decent Right, because he wants, he wants to see the White Sox prove that they can play defense. He doesn't want to be locked in for too long. And he wants to show up in Major League Baseball and show people he's the real deal. And he can't do that with a bad defense. So he's an example of a player that you probably don't get if you don't improve the defense. The White Sox have an issue, I think, in Major League Baseball where they have a bad reputation amongst players. I don't know if every free agent wants to come to Chicago when the when the reputation is that the owner isn't really trying to win, would prefer to be in second place. We've heard those comments before. David Sampson's been on the show and talked about what he said that Jerry Reinsdorf said. How, how the, he actually had that conversation. Right, we've had that conversation with him on this program. Okay, there, you know, whether or not it's real or not, perception is this team doesn't go all the way in terms of pushing all their chips in, and they don't play very good defense, so why would I go there and pitch and hurt my numbers so that when I come out and I'm a free agent again, I've won nothing and I don't make as much money. So Chris Getz has to fix what he can control, right? He can't make the old man spend money, but he can, he can change the perception of what the organization's like and how they do their business. Split Rock Coffee is one of the many small businesses that Socks in the Basement is supporting currently online at SocksInTheBasement.com. You can check the link inside of the show notes or go to SocksInTheBasement.com, click on store and see all the small businesses, including Split Rock, founded and run by two disabled veterans to the benefit of other veterans. Check out the offerings from Split Rock and all of the other small businesses currently in our Vouch store at SocksInTheBasement.com. Joining me on the phone line right now to kick off spring training on Socks in the Basement, Scott Merkin of MLB.com. How are you, Merk? Good. I'm trying to actually figure out my TV, and it's in the hotel room here, and it's kind of screwing up. All right, I think we got it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad everyone could be a part of that with me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Where I say they used to have direct TV, so you know, during spring training, we'd have like 300, 400 channels. It was insane. You'd have... Big Ten Network, you'd have, all, you'd have channels I never even saw before, like Axis and that kind of thing, and now they've gone to a more uh, sedate setup, and there's like 20 channels. So yeah, who has time to watch you know, sports anyways, aside from maybe uh, 
Cactus League game when I'm off, or maybe an NCAA, you know, NCAA tournament, of course, in March. Everyone watches that. Even the players watch that. But Speaking of NCAA, I, I know your team, uh, since the last time we talked to you, uh, Michigan wins the national championship in football. I, I saw you out there uh, gathering interviews on Tuesday, uh, on Tuesday uh, at spring training wearing your hoodie. Uh, is it, Do you have something that says national champions on it for every day of the week while you're down there? Not every day, but it, I think just to set the tone tomorrow, I'll probably uh, break out the, you know, championship shirt to start for day one. And then we'll, you know, maybe mix it in after a while after here and there. I, I ordered a bunch of stuff before I left. And in order to get it on time, I paid the extra, whatever it is, 18 bucks to, uh, <laughs> to get it shipped overnight. So I got, so I guess if I still want something now, I I'm staying at this hotel for 44 days now, cause two days are off. So 44 days left. So I, I got plenty of time to ship it here if I want more stuff. So let's talk about, uh, I think, I, I want to jump right into the, the big question here. And I've you seen don't it. want to just keep going on with Michigan football? No, no, I don't. I'm really not that interested <laughs> in it. Uh, the, 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 the White Sox, some have categorized what they're doing as a rebuild. I, I don't know if I like calling it that because you don't go out and get some of the veteran players that you picked up. And, and have them slated for starting roles if you're doing a traditional tear it down for four years rebuild. This seems like a very quick process. How do you categorize what Chris Getz is doing right now? That's what I put in my newsletter today when we were asked for three questions to or three storylines to watch. And one is, I, I do think it's a rebuild, but I don't think it's a rebuild that like, you know, Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams executed, which, you know, did well up until the finishing point, unfortunately. Um you know, where, you know, you tear it down and you trade everyone away. And, and, you know, there still may be, if this team is not good during the season, which a lot of projections, you know, Pakoda has them, what, 65 and a half wins. If they're not good, then you may see some veterans, some more veterans traded, you know, someone like for sure Dylan sees because there'll be huge interest in a player of his talent and character. And, you know, still a year and a half of contractual control, but, you know, I, I think it is, it's a, it's a rebuild, but it's also kind of a, a reclassification, a redevelopment, and that they're trying to build kind of a team. It's almost like they're trying to build a team handbook. You know, like they want a White Sox way. They don't feel there's been a White Sox way. So, you know, Chris went out this year in this part and focused on defense. He focused on, I think, getting a more cohesive clubhouse. He focused on bringing in guys who have won before, like Martin Maldonado, who's going to be a great addition for that team. He focused on wanting the team to play a little quicker. You know, so I think... If they don't win this year, which again are the projections right now that you know they don't look like a frontier team, they're going to be top tier team. Frontier sounds like they're in the wild west, right? Top tier team. Um, they're going to be at least entertaining to watch. And I think, you know, the, the the thing with this though is any plan like this where you start to build it up, you develop some depth, and let's you know give credit where credit's due. Some of this depth was brought about when Rick made trades at the deadline last year. But when you're building it up, you're going to have to spend at the end. You know, and you're going to have to spend wisely at the end. And some of the expenditures the Sox made while looking good and taking a good shot on paper just did not pan out and resulted at the end of the last rebuild in two total playoff wins and, you know, two really rough seasons. You know, one where they were just the definition of mediocre in 2022, where they never got below five under, they never got above five under, five over, I'm sorry. And last year where they were just awful. Last year where, you know, by the end of April, a miracle they were pretty much out of any kind of contention so you know you're gonna you're gonna have to rely on a lot of guys developing a lot of guys hitting and some of the guys you have that you're going to keep continuing to build up and then adding on key people to 
to finish things off, which, you know, they did add, but I'm not sure if they added that one final piece they needed to finish that, you know, the last rebuild. So there's about 14 starting pitchers, maybe 15, depending on which quotes you follow over the last couple of months. It's going to be interesting how they build all these guys up. They're going to have a B game every day of the week, I think, if they're going to stretch all these guys out. Yeah, but exactly. We and, shall see. <laughs> and and you look at you look at Pedro's comments, you look at Chris Getz's comments, and you're like, okay, they've got a lot of starting pitchers. Today, Pedro Grafal mentioned uh, 14 starting pitchers on the board competing but only mentions Cease, Fede, and Soroka specifically. And and our our Twitter or X account or whatever you want to call it these days uh, put out immediately, those are the three names that feel like they're assured in the five-man rotation. We've been saying right. that for the last couple right. of months. And then everybody else is really in a competition. So that's 11 pitchers fighting for two spots. Michael Kopech and probably Chris Flexen have the inside track, but nothing's assured, I would think. What do you think? Let's put it this way. Um you know, there's certain things you expect to hear every camp from GMs and managers. And, you know, I, I think both Pedro and Chris have been unfailingly honest, but I think there's also things you say. They do not, very few teams, and even if you're rebuilding or reconfiguring or retooling or redeveloping, whatever you want to call it, very few teams go into camp without having things set up, you know, so they have an idea who these guys are going to be. And I would think, you know, Cease, Soroka, and Fetty or Seth, you know, they're part of the five. I think Kopech and um, Flexen are the final two. You know, we we had asked Chris in an earlier Zoom about Flexen, and he said he expected him to be his fifth starter. So, you know, that could change. I, I, I understand that could change. And, you know, things do change. But, you know, one of the things you want to do is you can never – now, again, a lot of these guys who are in competition have track records where you can base it on too, but you certainly don't want to base things on – oh my goodness, this guy had a, you know, 0.25 ERA in spring training because, you know, as I've said many times before, no one ever got to the Hall of Fame because they were outstanding in Hall in spring training. You got to be better besides spring training. So I think it's, you know, the competition is something they've sold since the end of last season. And I'm not saying it's a gimmick. You know, there is competition, but when you think about it, there really aren't that many spots unless they really change everything to, you know, to, to decide. Moncada is playing third. Young is playing short. Lopez, as of right now, is playing second. Andrew Vaughn is at first. Maldonado and Stassi are, Stassi are your catches. Ben Attendee's in left. Luis Roberts in center. Eloy Jimenez is your DA. So where of those I just listed are guys where there's doubt in a position? You know, they're, you're not going to go to Luis Roberts and tell him, man, 180 in spring training. Maybe try a little bit in Charlotte before we get you back up there to start, you know, start May or something like that. That ain't happening. So right field is still open. You know, they, they, they added Fletcher, Kevin Pilar, Gavin Sheets, Oscar Colas doesn't get much mentioned, but he's still in the picture. And there's some bench spots that are open, but this is not like it's a, this is not, you know, major league four or five or whatever they ended up with on major league movie wise. These, there are guys said, and I would expect that Kopech and Flexen are the final twin rotation. Now, the other hand, you know, Kopech has proven his versatility. Kopech can work out of the bullpen. So he's one guy that I think you can stretch out and then possibly move into a bullpen role if you really feel that works better. And, you know, I think it would be good to give him some guidance, even though Pedro said today, you know, he understands, you know, they're stretching him out. He thinks of him as as a starter, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you could even think of, I guess, Kopecker, even possibly Crochet as a closer because there is no closer on this team right now with, you know, Liam Hendricks gone and Gregory Santos traded to Seattle. So again, I'm not saying it was just talk. I'm not, I, I do believe there's going to be competition and that's a good thing. They're going to push each other a hundred percent. So let's not 
throw away the competition line, but I don't know how many roster spots are actually open. I, I think the bullpen, there's some more open spots, but aside from that, I'm not sure how many are open. I mean, I, I don't know if you disagree with me. Do you, of the position players I've listed, do you see anyone who would have a tough time even if they struggle in the spring making the team. Well, DeYoung feels like he's a placeholder until Montgomery gets here, and I don't expect Montgomery to be ready to go. And and Nicky Lopez, I mean, look, he's the guy. He's the plan. You know, I, I've always been, you know, I, I, I've I waxed poetic about the idea that Danny Mendick and his three buttons that are unbuttoned on his shirt could come out there and have, uh, you know, an amazing spring and remind Chris Getz of that short sample, small sample size we got a couple years ago and make his way onto the team as a non-roster invitee. But I don't think he takes Lopez's job at second. No, and you know, if the goal, if Chris, one of Chris's big goals this offseason, understandably so, because as he uh, explained to us yesterday very carefully that, or very um, eloquently that, some of the pitchers he talked to at the beginning of this offseason and their agents did not want to pitch, weren't interested in the Sox because of the, the rough defense. So that was a big goal for him. So if you're talking about how, you know, DeYoung and Lopez and Lopez, I, I don't, not too not too far removed, was a Gold Glove finalist, I believe. I, I mean, if you're talking about these guys out there, you're not suddenly going to supplant them the last week of spring training, unless you make some sort of move, obviously, where you feel you, as Chris has said many times, you got better as a team. So, yeah, I, I you know, I think there's some fluidity up the middle. Yes, Colson Montgomery is going to be there this year, barring injury or barring something stunning. I, I could see him there in you know May. I think he's that far along and he's that good a player. I don't think he breaks with the team, but I think he's pretty darn close. You know, you have a guy like Ramo, Brian Ramos, who's a third baseman who could be a guy in consideration at some point, not too in the distant future. But yeah, I mean, I think as we're sitting right now, I'm looking just as you know March 28th for the Tigers opening day there in Guaranteed Rate right Field. You know, I don't I don't think there's anyone who's going to get knocked out of their spots there that I that I listed. So, again, competition, take it as you will. It doesn't have to be competition for, oh, you're going to knock someone out of a spot. But it's competition as in push each other, you know, really work hard. And even if you don't get the spot, make it, you know, make your name known and go out there and fight. So Scott Merkin and every guest here on Socks in the Basement brought to you by the Village of Lamont. Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks and green spaces filled with adventure. Visit the Village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, explore, and see everything they have going on this weekend and beyond at LamontDowntown.com. Garrett Crochet was standing next to you on Tuesday giving some comments to a little bit of a media scrum. And yeah, it, it was yeah, we, interesting. We, we, we were pretty much pretty much the same height, as you can tell from that video, I think. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, it, it, was, it, it was interesting um, because earlier in the week, you know, Chris Getz mentions, oh, he's trying to be a starter, and yeah, of course he's going to have an opportunity. And, you know, I mean, he's giving opportunity or he's, he's at least saying the right thing about these 14 pitchers that are all vying for a spot. But Crochet's comments sounded like he understood that he is he he has to really perform well and there's nothing really assured and let's just take that as a day at a time what are your thoughts on him his path does he possibly start in triple a stretching out if he really wants to be a starter or is it basically not a starter he's probably going to be in the bullpen then you know this actually pretty much said all things at this point we had talked to chris earlier in this offseason i don't remember the exact time but i had asked him about you know if is it, could the stretching out happen at Charlotte or Birmingham? And he said, which, you know, I guess ultimately it doesn't matter if he goes to, if, if he is, if that's the goal, it doesn't matter if he's pitching in Charlotte's rotation or Birmingham's rotation, right? Wherever is kind of needed. And he said, that's possible. But then yesterday he said that he expects him to be part of the bullpen. And certainly, you know, talent wise and, and just ability, he is a lock for the bullpen. If, you know, if they're going to build him up that way, if they're going to use him as, you know, maybe possibly a, a modified six man rotation where he, you know, starts and goes three or four innings and it builds it up and maybe by the second half or even 
into next year. You, you, or maybe it doesn't take that long. You know, who knows? I mean, one key thing he said today with, you know, the injuries he's dealt with specifically with Tommy John is that, you know, his recovery, he's got to be honest about the recovery. And that's what's going to tell where they go. You know, I mean, if he throws, you know, a, a two up and doesn't feel great, he's got to let them know that, hey, you know, it, it didn't respond like I wanted and they can adjust from there. So I, I think they're all saying the right things on that. And to his credit, you know, he told, he stood up in, in the Sox clubhouse the end of last year and told us that that's what he wanted to do. He felt like he could do it. And he said that again today. And he would feel bad if he went through his career and never, you know, kind of fought for a chance. He fought for it and gets agreed with him. And so did obviously Brian Bannister and Ethan Katz. And now we'll see where he goes from there. You know, it's interesting because I broke it down in the story today. If you look at his baseball savant, he's, he was a you know big fastball guy work the slider and not much of the changeup, you know, some in there, but you don't have to right? as a reliever. So he did work on that. He said in the off season, he said he worked on some, some stuff in his repertoire, which he smiled and said, I'm going to keep it in house and we'll let you guys see if you recognize it or see what you think, if it's effective when, uh, when I get out there and pitch, like, like our opinion is going to really matter in the Sox scheme of things. Right. But so he has made some changes, I think, to adjust to that. He's fixed some mechanics things he talked about today. So we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. You know, he's a super talented dude. And I, I don't believe the fact that, you know, because you drafted him where you you did, he has to be a starter. You know, he can't be a reliever. I think you need, you know, where you drafted him where you did, which is 11th overall in 2020 draft. You need someone to contribute. That's all. You know, who's someone who's now, if he's a starter, even better. Right. But if he contributes as a closer or, you know, an Andrew Miller type, like, you know, who was so important to that 2016 Cleveland team then all the better, you know, just make sure that Garrett is a, is a key piece in that rotation. And that would make him valuable at any, at any, any spot in the draft. I'm curious if you've asked, or if you plan on asking whether or not the White Sox are, are done. Like I bought into everything that they've, they've done this year in terms of adding their defense and ensuring that up and ensuring a White Sox right, way. And Chris right. Getz has changed a lot about the guys who are evaluating players, scouting players, you know, working with pitchers, all this stuff, Right. And, and but I look at that list of all of the free agent pitching that's out there, and there's I see yeah. I see so much of it out there, and I know there's 14 names, but I mean it just feels like they could go and snag somebody at a reasonable deal who just hasn't been able to find a chair yet, and the music's about to stop before the season starts. Do you think they're absolutely done, or is there a the possibility he could still add in the next week or so? Maybe the White Sox will have the first ever All Starter pitching staff. 13 guys, all 13 are starters and just use them in different forms one way or the other. <laughs> could, could, could be a revolutionary move. You know, Brian Bannister has been characterized by so many as just such a, a, you know, a great pitching mind. And same with Ethan Katz for that matter too. You know, two, two guys who really, and, uh, you know, I mean, um, Wise in the bullpen too, but I mean, I, I'm more familiar with Ethan Katz and then Brian Bannister, but maybe he's going to change things that much. I, I you know, I really kind of thought they were close to done before they made those moves on a Saturday afternoon evening to get, you know, with Arizona to get Fletcher and then to get the Loach. And uh, I believe his name is uh, Baroa, right? Baroa from yes, uh, the, Baroa. the right-hander from Texas. Yeah. You know, I, I, anything's possible. And Chris said he's open to, you know, making the team better, which is what Rick said and what Kenny said before him, you know, that's the GM credo pretty much. Right. So you do what you can, but I don't, it would be very surprising if they made some sort of big move or even some sort of mid-level move. Dan. And I think they like what they have. And, you know, they added two more non-roster guys today. They added uh, Corey Kniebel and Dominic Leone. So we'll see how they factor in. And they have a pretty good group of non-rosters along with some of the minor leaguers they've, they've you know, added to spring training. So 
we'll see how that works. But, you know, as long as there's options out there, you never know. You never know what can happen. Something may may fit into what they want and may make them better than what they feel they have now, and they, they may go for it. So, you know, like you said, there's so many names out there. There's so many guys there. You can't say it's not going to happen. You know, I remember it was, I guess, spring training of 16, it would be, right, when they added Jimmy Rollins, I want to say, end of February, beginning of March, yes. to play shortstop until Tim Anderson, you know, is ready. And so things can, you know, things can change. Things can happen. We'll see what it is. But I would say as of right now, they're, you know, they're, you never say done, but they're settled on, they're, they're happy with what they have right now. One more here with Scott Merkin from MLB.com. Make sure you read uh, his newsletter is great. Uh, the you know he's covering the team constantly. He's he's several decades in the doing it. Right? What's the exact amount of years, Merk? Let's see. I, I go by manager. So eight Ozzy, five Robin. <laughs> that's thirteen. Four Ricky, seventeen. Two uh, Tony and Cairo combined, nineteen. Two Pedro. And one Jerry Manuel, so twenty two. This is my twenty second season. Holy cow! All right, so here's yeah, the guy. No kidding. Here's the guy I'm interested in because I'm not sure if there's a spot for him based upon what the GM keeps saying he's emphasizing. Chris Getz is talking about defense. He went out and added a couple of guys that have a legit shot of playing right field. I never look at Gavin Sheets as a defensive outfielder. In fact, it was never his natural position. Is he on the bubble? I mean, like, I, I don't, haven't heard anybody say, like, he's at risk of not making the team, but there's so many different guys, so much versatility, so much defense that seems to be added. Fletcher, supposedly, is a heck of a defensive player. Is right. Gavin Sheets in trouble this spring? No, I, you know, I think he's in competition like everything else. And I think there is a spot that is that is open for the team, right? I mean, you have the backup catcher, you know, which is fancy. You have a utility infielder, or not utility, you have a all-around infielder. And uh, who am I I'm missing? One other guy in that spot there, but um, and then oh, then another outfielder. Who I'm guessing is going to be Pilar. I think Pilar will make it, you know, as a non-roster invite. And I think Fletcher is, you know, a pretty much a lock for the team. So I think you know, you look at a guy like Sheets who can play first. He has worked his tail off to be, you know, to to be able to understand and play the outfield, right field, and very little bit of left field. He's a good left-handed power bat off the bench. You know, is that what they want from him? Is that what they feel they can get best out of him, you know, where he's pinch hitting and maybe starting once a week or something like that? Or do you look at a guy like Deloach who you got from Seattle who probably gives you a better defensive, a more natural defensive fit in the outfield and also has some left-handed pop? So, you know, there are some options there, but I think Gavin's right in the picture. You know, I think Gavin is highly thought of by the organization. So, and he is, you know, a left-handed home run guy. So that's always valuable to have either in your lineup or off your bench. So I, I think, you know, in that sense, I agree with Pedro that there's no one because they've been here a few years and you're known that's guaranteed a spot that could be up for, up for grabs in the same sense. You know, I don't think Brian Ramos is going to hit 480 in spring and they're going to take him over Yohan Moncada at third base. You know what I'm saying? So I think there are some spots where the competition is going to be more decisive in terms of roster breaks. And there are others where it's just going to be, Good to see competition and good to see guys pushing. So going back to answer your question, yeah, I think, you know, he's firmly in the mix. I don't think he's a lock to be on the roster, but I think he's firmly in the mix. All right, Scott Merkin, uh, check him out on on the Twitter. Uh, get the get on the newsletter. Uh, read all of his articles just by going to the White Sox website because he works for MLB.com, and uh, he does an excellent job covering the team, and he's always gracious enough to jump on Sox in the basement to check in with us. Have a have a great spring, and uh, and wear as, as much national championship uh, attire as your heart <laughs> desires, Merk. As they say, banners hang forever. You know, you can't take away those titles. So. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. 
Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.